Holly G with the Golf Insiders for this a special day two of the 44th Ryder Cup matches, and I couldn't think of anybody to have as a more perfect guest this morning. World traveler and award-winning host of Talking Golf with Anne Liguri. She's not only a dear friend, but one of the best in our business. Live from Marco Simoni Golf Club outside Rome, Italy, in the media center. Good morning, Anne Liguri. Hey, and uh, good afternoon here from Aroma. All roads lead to this. I love that slogan that's on a sign outside all over the grounds here at Marco Simone. Just don't you love it? All roads lead to this. <laughs> yes, and uh, unfortunately, it's been Team USA on the tracks getting rolled over by the European bullet train, and it's been a blistering three sessions so far. We, Team USA, are uh, deep, deep in a bunker, and perhaps is there any chance there can be a resurrection in Rome, my friend? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something that the tabloids would go crazy about and, and headline a resurrection in Rome? Uh, you know, it's just been a train wreck. It really has until, uh, at least in this uh, afternoon four-ball session, the, the Americans are up three of the four matches, which is uh, at least a little bit of a uh, positive. But, you know, just to recap, after Europe crushed the U.S. in Friday session, six-and-a-half to one-and-a-half, they shut them out in the morning session for zip. And then yesterday afternoon they won one and came from behind Europe to tie three, which was just devastating to the morale, I would think, of the Americans, because the Americans were, were up in uh, many of those matches and then fell back to the ties. And then this morning, Europe won three, and uh, the Americans finally won a match this morning. Max Homa and Brian Harmon beating Shane Lowry and Seth Straka. And uh, so getting into this afternoon, four ball, uh, the Europe is up nine and a half to two and a half, and uh, yeah, we're going to have to see the Americans just all red going fr from here forward for the Americans to retain the cup that they won two years ago in Whistling Straits. They need uh, 14 points, so uh, who knows, Holly? You never say never, right? It's not completely impossible, but, you know, they've just been outplayed by this European team who the, the Europeans have played so well, chipping in, eagling, you know, just keeping the ball on the fairway. Hello, the Americans haven't been able to find the fairway. They haven't been putting well. So they have been completely outmatched by the European team thus far until this afternoon's session. So we'll see what happens. So this is when uh, everybody, you know, starts uh, being the uh, sideline quarterbacks in terms of, you know, some of the decision-making. I think we knew most of the pairings going in, but uh, probably the biggest question mark was, and I, I mentioned it as well, Brooks Kepka not coming out uh, in, the, in the start yesterday morning. Uh, what, what were your thoughts? Well, you know... Yeah, initially I thought he's such an intimidating presence, right? He should be out there first match, 
uh, other, you know, instead they put who's uh, Scheffler and um, Sam, Sam Burns, Burns and, and they're they're historically have not played well. Although Sam Burns is playing really well this afternoon, but then you look at you know earlier this morning what happened with uh, Kepka and Scheffler. They got roasted. I mean, Victor Hovland and Ludwig Eber beat them nine and seven. It's the largest foursomes margin win ever, nine and seven. And, and afterwards, there was footage on Twitter of Scheffler crying. It hurt so bad. I don't blame him. I would cry, too. But it was just, you know, they just have not, Kepka could not keep his tee shots in the fairway. And um, they did not win one hole this morning. So it's just been uncanny. And, and yet, against Aber. You know, the, the rookie from Sweden who turned pro just a couple months ago. He was in college, right, at Texas Tech. So just when you think, you know, you should maybe put your big guns out there, you know, you get that kind of result. So uh, very inexplicable other than, you know, the European team is just playing amazing. And Hovland is one of those guys. I mean, you could put a highlight reel together, you know, the first – couple sessions of the European team. They're just, every time you turn around, they're doing heroic, they're making heroic shots. So, uh, but, you know, you do feel that you don't see that same sense of unity with the Americans that you do with the Europeans. Um, you know, that, that camaraderie, that, that spirit of Seve. They have, a, apparently they set aside in the European team uh, room a, a locker for Seve Ballesteros, and when um, Ron was facing uh, this eagle putt on 18 yesterday, apparently his young partner said, hey, what would Seve do here? Right. Nikolai Hoygaard, you know, mentioned that to Rom, and Rom then went on and drained that 30-foot eagle putt on the 18th yesterday, uh, you know, to um, prevent Kepka from taking that one as well. So you just feel like there's a, a better sense of camaraderie, even though these guys, most of them all live in America, right? Yes. And most of them all went to the universities in the United States. And many, many of them have American wives. Exactly, exactly. And, in fact, you know, who was it? He sounds Texan. Was it Abert, he, you know, from Sweden? He sounds like he's from the South because he went to Texas Tech. So, yeah, I mean, it's just they, they have this this – a camaraderie and this team unity. And I, I took this picture yesterday, Holly, of uh, we were up on the, at the very top uh, of the uh, grandstand for the opening hole here at Marcus Simone when they were announcing the players. And I took this photograph. I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram. It's the Ann Ligori on Instagram. I posted it this morning. But, you know, they do the team photographs before the, the guys tee off. And you saw Rom with his arm around, um, you know, the young man that he was playing with, Holgar. And, and you know, you see that closeness. And then you saw a picture of um, Scheffler and Kepka, and they're just kind of standing far apart with yeah. their, you know, with their hands behind them. Not any closeness whatsoever. And a body language can tell a story. Absolutely. That is the story, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so you, you kind of, so they have that lack of... Uh, Unity, in my opinion, and then I think there's really a lack of preparation because 
none of the American players had not played since the FedEx Cup. And 12, all 12 of the players on the European team played in the BMW Championship. And, you know, that's a long time for any players to go without playing, Over right? a month, and, Anne. Over a month. Yeah, right. So as much as uh, Europe is playing inspiring golf, I just think the United States is rusty. And then they're not reading these greens. These greens are very, very tricky. I had the privilege of playing this course in March when Scott and I came here on a preview trip. And the greens, there's so many undulations on these greens. They're just not seeing these reads. They're not, they're not really putting well, but they're not reading. They don't get these greens. And then finally, Zach Johnson said last night that the U.S. team is dealing with some congestion, that their energy is low, that he's thankful they have a team doctor. And uh, he said it's pat whatever it is, and he did not go into detail. He said it's been passed around, you know, a bit between the caddies and the players. So you haven't seen Ricky Fowler uh, yesterday from yesterday afternoon and, and not today at all. So you have to think, and again, Zach Johnson's not talking too much, but you have to think Ricky has some kind of bug or something that's uh, been going around. So, you know, they're dealing with that. Plus, they flew over Sunday, getting in Monday. And knowing, you know, travel, as, as we both do, I mean, we, we got in Thursday, and it takes you several days to really kind of, you know, get your body, you know, zoned in with, with the correct time zone. And I just don't think they come here early enough, and I don't think they come here and spend enough time to really practice on these, um, on the golf course. You know, there's so much going on the week of the Ryder Cup with dinners and and meetings and press conferences and all kinds of, you know, different events happening. These guys are exhausted. So I really think you have to come over here, you know, days in advance just to kind of settle in. And you never see, you know, the American team coming in early enough, in my opinion. Yeah, especially there's so, so much to the Ryder Cup, right? And, you know, yes, these guys play all around the world. But this is different, the, like you said, the energy around the Ryder Cup, the special events, the having to be against the home team, if you will. And, you know, you talked about that team unity, and it was noted yesterday when uh, Justin Rose made that putt on 18. He turned to his team and just was elated with being able to sink that putt. And uh, tie yeah. match. I was there. I was on that 18th green, and I filmed all of it. I have video of this on Instagram. He, yeah, he made that putt after Max Homa missed, and he got on his knees and he cheered, you know, and, and just celebrated like, you know, it was like the most incredible moment in his career. And he then he pointed to his teammates and he said, "You, you, you, you," meaning. It's a whole team effort, and that's the kind of spirit that we're seeing with this European team. It's all about the team. And the other thing is, and I was listening to some of the commentators, and I thought they made a good point about how um, the European team has come in so prepared, and I'm so impressed with Luke Donald. I just think, you know, from the opening speech he gave at the opening ceremonies, it was just so well done, to the way he's basically been answering questions in the press interview area. 
uh, he basically was, they were saying that, you know, the, the assistants for the captain have been giving Lou Donald such great statistical analysis, including Eduardo Molinari has been, like, the guy, the statistical analyst. And from 180 to 220 yards in, he says the uh, Americans are terrible, are, are worse than Europeans um, with those mid-irons, using, hitting those mid-iron shots. So the way that Luke Donald is setting up the course is um, so that they hit, they're forced to hit mid-irons from that distance. And I just thought that was really interesting. And they're also minimizing the fact, the wedge game for the Americans, since the Americans, you know, have so many players on the, on the team who are great with their, you know, with their short games. So I just thought that was really interesting. I just think that the European team is better prepared, extremely more so than the Americans. Well, you know, the Americans talk about the stats, the stats, the stats. I think we know that on both sides they have incredible teams that crunch these numbers now. We seem to always come to this place where we talk about, and, you know, beyond the unity, there's just this heart and soul inside the European team. And, you know, you just, you see it. You see it in the way they embrace each other. You see it, you know, last year it was Rory breaking down in tears in his, you know, post-match interview after, you know, not playing very well. John Rahm, I mean, that, that putt on 18, it's almost like Seve picked up that ball, dropped it in the cup and said, Oh no! You know this is your day. Uh, there's, there's, like you said, the the joie de vie, right? That um, that they seem to play from, and I don't know how we, uh, you know, how we flip that coin. Yeah, and there's also been stories here. You gotta love the British tabloids, but there are stories that there is some division in the American team room, and and that Patrick Cantley is upset that. He's not that the, the Americans don't get paid to play the Ryder Cup. They do get a uh, money that stipend. is um, yeah, stipend that goes to the charities. But apparently, there was a tweet that went out of that uh, in Brooks Kepka's contract. He is getting three million dollars from Liv for making the Ryder Cup team, and. Uh, you know, who knows what to believe, but all these kind of stories are coming out and that Patrick is not wearing his cap in protest of the fact that, that they're not getting paid. So, again, these are stories that uh, a lot of uh, the British papers are writing about here in Europe, and uh, you don't know what to believe, but you can just tell overall, just all week, that the European team has that special camaraderie. And, you know... You figured all those captains' picks, whether you agreed with them or didn't agree with them, a lot of it for the American team were based on friendships and camaraderie. Well, it has to really translate into playing well, too, and everybody getting along and having a good time. And, and But the European team's just outplaying them all over the place uh, until this afternoon. So let's see what will happen the rest of today and if American can get it together, because otherwise it would be just a... Just a an abomination yeah. in Rome. We'll come up with some other adjectives. Right. Sure. Oh, my <laughs> God. The, yeah, the wipeout in Rome. I, I mean, it's. Uh, we know they like to drive fast cars, and <laughs> we, we are getting uh, 
we're getting uh, hammered every which way. Uh, so just you, you mentioned the greens there. They talk about that this course was designed for Ryder Cup uh, play. Can you share a little bit more about that? It's, it's just fantastic to watch on television. Uh, what's it like to be there and, you know, in terms of the fan experience and, and just uh, how these, you know, some of these holes have been designed for the drama of Ryder Cup matches? Sure. This venue, it is incredible for match play. It is incredible for any championship. There's so much undulation and elevation and the vistas first of all you can see all of Rome like 360 degrees it's just beautiful the countryside and you can see parts of the 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 city on a clear day and the holes are so interesting there's you know a few drivable par fours which make it very exciting uh, the 16th is a par four very drivable and and you know the, the way it's laid out there are just thousands and thousands, at least 20,000 people, I heard one of the commentators say, on one hole. And, if, you know, you, based on the way it's laid out and the elevation, you, you get a good view of the, uh, of the tee box and, and of the green. And there are, the par threes are so much fun. And, you know, the one that matches extend to 18, which a few of them did yesterday, it's just uh, it's so much fun because that's a, a par five. And you saw... Uh, couple eagles there yesterday. John Rahm finishing up with that 30-footer for eagle uh, to win that match and or to, to tie that match. And uh, and then Justin Rose's birdie there. So there's a lot of trouble, and the rough is insane. You cannot – you have to really be on, on the fairway. And I think that's where the Americans were really faltering uh, the first three sessions. They couldn't find the fairway. You cannot be in the rough or you're, you're basically not going to win the hole. And uh, it's just a very challenging but fun mix of golf holes for a format like this. Well, it's, it's certainly showing that way. Uh, and, um, and, and the Euros are, are giving us just an incredible display of ball striking. Uh, have you been able to get out and about and ligore to uh, have a little <laughs> vino or a little pasta? What, uh, what oh, have you yeah. seen? Oh, you know, well, I do have relatives here, Liguri. My fa- my grandfather is from uh, a village in Calabria, and we were so fortunate to have the opportunity to visit it years ago and meet a lot of its second and third cousins, two of whom I visited with on this trip already. One, My first cousin actually met us at a restaurant with his family here in Rome, and he had, it was his friend who owned the restaurant, and his friend closed the entire restaurant down just for us, so we could just be the only ones eating there. Oh, and the MG! <laughs> I know, the food was exquisite, and they also had a karaoke area, so we did some karaoke singing after the incredible meal, and then a couple of nights later, I had my uh, third cousin, Claire from Milano, she and her boyfriend trained in, and we had a beautiful night with them, and you'll get a kick out of this. After a great dinner, we asked the waiter where we could go to hear some music, and he says, oh, there's a, a Bee Gees band playing nearby. So we go to this restaurant bar, and yes, this Bee Gees band uh, was there. Oh, I love and they, it. And they sounded 
they sounded just like the Bee Gees. The, the whole bar, we were just, we got the whole place just rocking. We were dancing and singing. It was really one of the most fun nights I've ever had. So we've had a blast here. We really, and of course, all the history. So we've gone to a lot of museums. We've seen a lot of beautiful ruins. Um, you saw the Sistine Chapel. Uh, more tourists in Rome than I've ever seen in my life. You know, just really fun place and beautiful people. The food's been amazing, and there's just so much history here. Just really an overabundance of incredible history. It's it's just a spectacular city. Well, what's in my head right now, Anne, is the Bee Gees staying alive, staying alive, and I think that's what the uh, USA team is is trying to do this afternoon. Very good transition. We can use that. Can the American team stay alive? Let's go to some Bee Gees music. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, they're hanging in there. We There's actually a lot of red on the board right now, uh, which is good to see. If we could sweep these matches, and, uh, you know, there's there's hope. There's definitely hope. Gets, if the U.S. gets three points out of this session, they would go to, what, five and a half points. And then they would need to win nine of the 12 singles matches tomorrow to get to 14 points to retain the cup. The European team needs 14 and a half points to win it back. And uh, you were actually at uh, one of the places where there was, you know, the biggest come from behind margin on the final day, four points. It happened first in 99 when the U.S. shot the Europeans at Brookline to win 14 and a half to 13 and a half. But also in 12, 2012, the Europeans were faced with a 10 to 6 deficit, and the European team came back to win 14 and a half to 13 and a half. And I believe you were at Medina for that one, too. Yes, so, I was. Um, it, you know, let's see if they can make some kind of you know, resurrection in Rome with just an improbable comeback. That would be quite the story. It really would be. So uh, go Team USA. Go Anne Liguori. Uh, it's such a pleasure always to have you on, my friend. And uh, please tell my listeners where they can go listen to you as you finish uh, the coverage of the 44th Ryder Cup matches tomorrow. Absolutely. You, well, you can always go to my website, annelagori.com. You can go to my podcast, sports interview podcast on uh, Audio Boom and iTunes. You can hear me on Talking Golf on WFAN and Golf Interview, the podcast on First Call. So Google me, Ann Lagori. And, uh, and follow you know, your Instagram. Find a few places. Follow <laughs> exactly. your Instagram. Lots of great yeah, photos. Yeah, Instagram. Exactly. And the Ann Ligorian, Twitter, Ann Ligorian, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Well, we appreciate you taking some time out for us on this busy day over in, uh, in Rome. I hope you have a safe trip back home, my friend. All we can say is go USA. Yeah.